The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, why do we do dumb things? Well, I've been looking forward to this topic. Oh, I bet you have. Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been doing especially dumb things on the computer lately, so (laughs) even my smartphone won't make me smart. What's a guy to do? (laughs) True confessions. True confessions. (laughs) Beth has problems, too. She has trouble sleeping. So what does she do? Wakes up in the middle of the night and frantically checks her email. Obviously, there's nothing. She really must read at 3 a.m. And the process just further awakens her, not to mention her husband. (laughs) Even worse, if something important does come in, she feels driven to reply immediately. Why? Yeah, especially when the other people are asleep. Exactly. (laughs) And and none of this will put her back to sleep. She's going to be even more stimulated and have more trouble sleeping. No wonder she's tired. Do you do (laughs) dumb things and wonder why? So stay tuned to this episode of Inside Out and ask Beth to help you decipher just why you do them and what you can do about it. You can also join the Inside Out forum via phone or blog after the show. And you can go to Beth's website, bethgreen.org, for a free PDF copy of her book, Living with Reality, and also to learn about 15 minutes with Beth, a chance for a private consultation. While there, you can also learn more about Beth Green TV, her YouTube channel. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Okay, hello guys. Well, today I really want you to call in because I do not want to be the only person who's sitting there confessing to doing dumb things. So, <laughs> so James, would you give them that phone number right away? Yes, uh, you can call us at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. So I want to tell you that I've already gotten uh, two emails in response to this show. Now, the first one was from a woman in Missouri, I think. And she was not writing about the dumb things that she was doing, but she was writing about how she has trouble sleeping. So I have to tell you this, guys, because it made me feel so good. Now, I don't know if it made me feel good or made me feel horrible, but what does she do when she wakes up in the middle of the night and can't sleep? She listens to podcasts of Inside Out. Now, does that give you the idea that people fall asleep listening to this show? But actually, that is not what she said. <laughs> she said that, uh, that she actually feels like she gets stuff, you know, in the middle of the night. And I guess that's a, that's a wonderful thing because you're actually using the uh, the time productively, and then she is soothed and goes to sleep. But it's, it really brings, uh, you know, awareness to her. So I kind of like that, and I wanted to share that. Yeah. And uh, I also want to tell you that my, uh, my CD, The Gift of Peace, which is a free download, really puts a lot of people to sleep. And why I don't do that, I don't know. There's another dumb thing in my column. 
<laughs> I could turn on the gift of peace and listen to it. Many people have told me they can't sleep without it. But anyway, that's about sleep, not about dumb. I see we already have two calls. I've already told you what my dumb thing is. Well, one of my many dumb <laughs> things. I'm sure I'll be confessing more. But we do have two callers already, and so let's let them come on. And uh, James, you are also going to be on the hot seat soon. Sure. Okay. okay, the first one is Irene from San Diego. Hi, Irene. Hi, Beth. Well, the dumbest thing I do... And the thing that bothers me most is yes. I believe I can live in harmony with other people without telling them how I feel or asking them how they feel. Oh, my goodness. That is dumb. <laughs> it is. And it's persistent. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose you're calling because you're hoping that Swami Bethananda is going to be able to help you to figure out why you do that. I, I'm hoping uh, another round of why I do it might <laughs> shift the uh, dumbness, uh, at least poke uh, holes in it somewhat. Well, the thing is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you shift it, but it, I might be able to help you find out why you do that, and that's always a first step towards shifting yes. it. So, yes. okay, hmm, let me see. I am looking at my crystal ball. I am looking across uh, into the trees. Uh, okay. Well, the, uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is I see a woman in a nun's habit. I mean, the, the oldest fashioned nun's habit that you can imagine, you know, where everybody looked like they had cardboard around their faces. <laughs> I did. I had a cardboard around my face. Uh, it was starched linen. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, my God. Well, so you were in one of those outfits. I was, yes, yes. Okay. Okay, so now, Irene, I want you to see yourself. Well, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing you kind of floating. You're, you're in this, what is probably very uncomfortable, but it doesn't look that way. It looks very, oh, I don't know, majestic. Serene. Huh? Serene. Serene was the very word I was going to say next. Majestic and serene. And uh, how are you feeling in that outfit? Oh, you know, Beth, you said floating. And uh, the reason I left the convent was I just had this image of myself floating about a foot above the earth. Mm. You know, not feeling anything, not experiencing anything. And I knew I had to break out of that. Mm. So I would say that the first thing that we're getting, because that's the image that immediately came to mind, is that whatever in you uh, wants to believe that you can really have harmony with people that way is the same energy that got you to uh, join the convent. Because the uh-huh. image is of someone who's sort of serene and floating above and everything is harmonious around her and the people the other women in the convent are harmonious everybody is just like in you know four point what do they call <laughs> uh, you know in harmony and and they're only they're doing it not through interacting with one another but because they are so serene that this is a sign of closeness to god yes and i'm just remembering that we had silence as a rule for most of the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, 
I gather that you were not encouraged then to talk about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay. So this is very interesting, isn't it? And yeah. uh, what what is what of course what is dumb about it is that you already had how many years in the convent to discover this did not work? Thirteen. Okay, so you had thirteen years. But what was so let's now let's see if we can get serious. Let's go. All right, so I've seen you floating and I know that it has to do with that feeling that if you know that I'm truly connected to the divine and just everyone around me is and we're in a holy place and things just you know order themselves naturally because we're all so divine right and so that energy let's see if we can get to the bottom of that ah So why was it so important to you to prove that you were blessed by God and a blessing to all? So so much so that your presence was enough. Mm. Because I didn't feel needed or wanted by my family? Uh, it sounds good, but it's not it. Okay. You know that? Uh. <sighs> Well, I, you know, it just sounds like I don't have to do anything. <laughs> well, that is, that's really true. You just, it's like just chanting or oming or whatever. So I love that. But there's something else about why it is. I would say that the question, if I narrowed it down, would be, why do you feel, need to feel like you are automatically a blessing? Uh, it hmm. must be. It must be to counteract the feeling that you're not. Yeah. So then that would bring us to the next question, which is, why do you feel like you're not a blessing, Irene? And I know that's the essential question. So yeah. take a breath. Yeah. <sighs> why do I feel like I'm not a blessing? Yeah. Well, I just because... I, I have demands on other people. I need things. I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and why is that so terrible? You know, you said uh, earlier something that I think was close. So let me just try to cut to the chase here. Mm -hmm. uh, you said that you felt, you know, unwanted or not needed by your family. But that, is, that does not ring true. But what was, does ring true is that, well, in the sense that, okay, you were one of several kids I think you've told us about this but uh, let's look at the, uh, the essential uh, nature of your entry onto the planet were you needed or wanted then no okay and what was it that got you onto the planet you know your parents insatiable need for sex <laughs> yeah and my mother wanted to prove Yes. The faith in God. Are... Exactly. Your mother wanted to prove her faith in God because that was all she needed to do in order to go to heaven. You yeah. see, aha, see now there yeah. it is, the plot is thickening. So your mother was more, she was oriented to thinking that faith rather than works was what you got into heaven, got you into heaven. So she yeah. didn't really care that much about how well, for instance, she took care of the children, but her willingness to have them was showed her faith in God. Yes. Yeah. So it isn't what you did 
it was your faith that got you rewarded in the highest way. So, uh, you're, so that's how you came in. You came in with a mother who wanted to do the same thing. She wanted to stay floating above the... Oh, my God. I just like feeling this so strongly. Yeah, floating me too. I'm getting goosebumps. Okay, so she wanted to feel like she could float above the earth and uh, just be this faithful person and everything was going to work out around her and she didn't want to have to pay attention to the needs of her children really at all. Yes. So there it is. So it came in. That was your model. And that, in fact, was not only your model, but was that was the reason that you were born. Because if your mother had had any sense, she would have had an abortion. <laughs> right. Right. So your survival, as well as your major role model, is that woman who's very... Now, it's in, in this case, it's her faith in God. But you see, that's what your nun-like appearance represents. You are so connected to the divine that you just don't have to do anything. I mean, you're just breathing it, and everything around you falls into place. Yes. So there it is. So I've got to go, honey, but I hope yeah. that helped. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and take that with you. I but, will. <laughs> by the way, guys, this will give you an idea of what you can do in 15 minutes with Beth as a private consultation. Uh, so uh, I think, you know, it's this, this program that I just started recently. I had my first full day of it on Saturday because I'm doing it right now. It's Saturday mornings, uh, Pacific time. And, oh, my God, they've worked so well. So that's uh, really exciting. Now, just watch. The next person is going to flummox me completely, and then you'll see how it doesn't work. Okay, and the next pr- caller is Amy from San Diego. Hello, Hi. Amy. Hi, Beth. Thank you. And James. Um, I don't know if I'll flummox you or not, but... No, I'm I've, teasing. You never I, know. Um, you do never know. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of two things. One is putting everything off to the last minute, <laughs> including yes. some bills. And then, of course, there are penalties, and I know better. Yeah. And Or practicing my harp, as you guys know about, that I keep putting that off. Okay. Even though I know I will feel better if I do. (laughs) So that's kind of dumb. Yeah. And uh, the last one would be thinking that my friendships are going to get deeper, even though I don't call people. I think that's that's the one that you want to talk about. Okay. That feels like it. So let's see. We have a couple of minutes before break. Let's see what we can do. See, this isn't 15 minutes. This is a few. Let's see. Okay, so the question is, why? it's so interesting that you follow Irene, isn't it? Yeah. Why do you think your friendships will deepen if you never call anyone? Well, uh, all right. (laughs) Well, I think I won't make any mistakes. That's one thing. Well, what was that? I won't make any mistakes if I don't. Well, ex- that's exactly anybody. that is it. Uh, I, that's when I started laughing, is because I closed my eyes and I saw you, absolutely making sure that you didn't screw anything up, and the only way to make sure of that would be to not be present at all. Right. So. <laughs> So we'll let you know, if you think about it, it's not so dumb. I mean, in a way, Irene's isn't dumb either, right? There is some method in this madness. Uh, so you can't make them worse, but you're definitely not going to make them better. So, right, I've thought about a lot of things in my life that way. Right. So let's see what else I can tell you, Amy. So that's good. You, you see what the issue is. Um, so hold on a minute. Let me see. I want to look further into my crystal tree here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's see what the else I can tell you. Um, 
Well, and then there is this, the, okay, here's the second piece that fits with this. First, it's very important that you just acknowledge that you can't blow it if people don't contact you and you're not in contact with them. But the other thing is that it makes you feel way more loved if people reach out to you than if you reach out to them. I'm so, sorry, it makes you feel way more what? Loved. Oh, loved. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I thought you said alone, wouldn't you know? <laughs> this, is, this is great, Amy, because I'm sure many of us suffer from this uh, condition, which is we don't always really honestly want the relationship. We just want to feel loved and think that we're great. Okay, so that may not apply to you, but it applies to most of us. If we get on the phone with the person or actually meet with them, we have to deal with all that messy stuff of relating. Right. But if we don't... Oh, let me turn my phone off. Okay. Oh, okay. Hang a second. Okay, got it. Okay, it very sweet. Um, if we don't actually contact them, we can wait for the sign of love which is really more important than the relationship itself. In other words, if they, go, if they call you, if they say to you later, gosh, I haven't heard from you for a while, if they do any of those things, then you get to feel valuable, but you mm-hmm. don't have to actually relate. Right. So isn't that interesting? I would like to ask our audience out there, how many of you, want the idea of a relationship more than the relationship itself. Well, that's me. Those are my friendships right there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And worse than that, you know, how many can I count? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Go on to Facebook and see how many friends I have. Right. Right. What what a fallacy (laughs) that is. Uh, Yeah, but I love that, Amy. That's so perfect. Because if what we're looking for is the illusion of love, and the validation to us that we really are wonderful people, then that strategy works really well. I know. Versus really working you know, towards being with people and then having to deal with all the parts of ourselves that annoy others and all the parts of them that annoy us. Exactly. That's so I, I stay away because then they'll be more thrilled to hear from me. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. So I love that. So we did it. We have just, uh, we're going to be going into commercial break in a second. But I'm so glad you called because I would bet you there are hundreds of people out there, thousands maybe, who are exactly that way. So if we start looking at what our real motivation is, the, these behaviors are not dumb. But right. They, it's, yeah, it's like if I contact people more, they'll get bored. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so they'll get bored or they'll get annoyed, and uh, it's so much better to sit there and have the illusion of being loved than have to deal with real relationships. Yeah. So that's, that, if that's your real motivation, then that's not dumb at all. The question is, is that really soul-satisfying? So right. I really appreciate your call. I think it was great. And uh, Thank you. We are ready to go to our first commercial break, but hang on with us because there's so many more dumb things waiting. <laughs> The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. 
Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. I'm happy to say we have a couple of more callers on the line, but we're going to I'll hear from James first, but we are not overloaded, so please feel free to call in. Now, that means that you have to think about your behavior and admit that some of it is dumb, but what we have already been discovering is there's always a method to the madness, so it's not just dumb, it has purpose, it's just maybe it's a little bit buried or a little bit twisted, but James, you wanted to chime in before we bring on our next caller. Yes, uh, I do much the same thing that Amy talked about, only with a different purpose. Uh, I I think consider some of my best friends who are scattered all over the United States and other places, and I think, wow, those are such good friends. And uh, I I almost never contact them. And I think my reason is that I love cherishing uh, how I remember them regarding me, holding me in high regard. (laughs) And it says, oh, that's such a good friend. And that one over there is such a good friend, too. <laughs> right. And so, so, I, so I just keep that, uh, that image. And, and, that's uh, so wonderful, James, because that way you never have to find out whether or not they still hold you in high regard. <laughs> they probably hold me in high contempt now. So, where have you been all this time? <laughs> or who knows? Who knows? Well, that's very cool. Okay, so our next caller is Anne from Fallbrook. Hi, Anne. Welcome to Inside Out. Hello, thank you. Um, I love the sharing. I have to say, I am I am Amy. You are. <laughs> I was laughing out loud. I'm here alone in my classroom, and I was laughing at myself. Oh my goodness! So anyway, I know you were saying there's probably hundreds of thousands. I'm one of those. Um, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure so that'll I, make Amy feel so much better. <laughs> Seriously. We should oh, form a club. Like, we should form a club, right. but never, never see each other. <laughs> <laughs> I want the image of the connection or the uh, the illusion. So yes. Um, so, but we're, but the, so we're talking about dumb things that we do. Yes. Right? So yes. one thing I thought of to ask about. I feel like it might be obvious, but I just I feel like the dumbest thing I do is really avoid doing things that actually make me feel good about Ooh. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, makes me cry. I guess just mm. seeing that, you know. 
So, you know, if I'm asked to, to really, it's, it's things where, you know, I'm asked to really, I guess it connects to what we were just talking about, you know, asking me to relate really, right? Be of mm-hmm. service, um, uh, organize a program, you know, plan an event. I resist it, right? And I kind of do it resentfully in my mind. But then when I get there or when I'm doing the thing, I feel really good. Mm. Um, you know, or even calling into this show, I usually think I have too much work to do, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 But well, I'm really glad. enjoying being on the show live, you know. It's, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's more live. <laughs> <laughs> it feels alive. I wonder why. So, well, the first thing that pops into my mind, Annie, is... Um, what what would be threatened if you did feel good about yourself? Mm. Hmm. Like some kind of belief that I'm bad? Or, no, no. It, no, what would be threatened if you felt really good about yourself? What relationship would be threatened? Hmm. My dad? No. My dad's nope. dad? No. If I felt good myself, I would threaten my relationship. It's a specific person? Yes. Um, my mom? Yes. And why would that, your relationship with your mother, be threatened if you felt really good about yourself? I don't know. Maybe because then I wouldn't need her or... Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) She likes to be needed. (laughs) She does, doesn't Um, she? Yeah, but I know she wouldn't want me to not feel good about myself. No, I know that. You know, on on no conscious level would she possibly want that. uh, Mm -hmm. But on some level, you felt uh, growing Mm -hmm. up that, uh, you know, she didn't feel good about herself. And so you're... Uh, you know, your despair, your, that she could comfort you, that she could be. Mm. In, in fact, what I'm seeing now is not so much what she would do for you, but the way that she could comfort you was going oh, to yeah. be, you get that now? And well, so, I used to do a lot of that. Yeah, I would like get myself in all these, like just a total turmoil. And I felt like she was the only one. Oh, great. So you're could. seeing it. You're seeing it, see. So, therefore, if you're not in turmoil and are all upset, uh, how is she going to be able to wave her magic wand and make you feel better? Mm. Okay. So, if you're looking at it from the perspective of, you know, an unconscious desire to keep your mother in a job, (laughs) (laughs) then it's not that dumb. I think that's Mm. really the point that's coming out is all these really embarrassing, humiliating things have a reason, a really good reason. It's just that it's it's kind of warped and twisted. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But there was some reason that it goes all the way back to our ego and survival and all of that. And I've told you guys a million times out there, read my book, Living with Reality, first chapter at least, then Ego, Instinct, and Evolution. Free, free. You can get us a free download. Just join the mm-hmm. mailing list. Anyway, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, to really help you ground yourself in this idea that your survival was really contingent on your mother and mm-hmm. what your mother was needing from you was not to be smart or competent 
mm-hmm. uh, which might have even threatened her. But she needed you to really need her emotional warmth and love and all of that. That's something that was very important to her. And so you got yourself into a pattern of getting mm-hmm. into a tizzy. Uh, and once you were in a tizzy, that you could be calmed and soothed by your mom. It's kind of like the infant mm-hmm. in there. Um, you know, so I have a recommendation for you, which is going to sound a little good, bit goofy, but um, it's coming to me, so I'm going to s- pass it on. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to picture yourself as an infant with a pacifier. Mm-hmm. And you are looking at the pacifier, and you're feeling a little bit distressed. And you're asking yourself in the crib, do I want to use this pacifier or do I want to cry out for my mom? If Mm. I use the pacifier, I will have soothed myself and I'll feel much better. But Mm -hmm. if I don't use it, I'm going to need mom and then mom will come. Well, there is something to be said for mom and mom's love. I mean, it is kind of cool. You know, we get Mm -hmm. that. But we also see that this is hooked into this pattern of mom will be happy that I needed her, and then she will go away content, and you will have done your mm-hmm. job. So what I'd like you to do is after, the, um, after we hang up or after the show, after the show, not after we hang up, so you can listen to everybody else, uh, tune into that very moment and make a decision to soothe yourself. Use your pacifier, cuddle up in your blanket, grab onto your favorite toy, uh, you know, stuffed animal, whatever you have, and say, you know, I can soothe myself. I can, and I want to, and this is going to change my life. Mm. Mm. Good one, Anne. Give it a whirl. That's great. Can I tell you for a minute how clairvoyant you are? Because Tell me. Is- I'd love to hear. That's very reassuring since I'm advertising these things. Because it's right. just amazing what you just said because my mom, you know, lives with me now and um, we were just trying to figure out what to do with this rocking chair that um, she used to soothe me in, right, when I was younger. And she was telling me how she knows now that she used it too long. Like, she oh. was in a lot of pain at the time and she just enjoyed that feeling of, Soothing me, like I would wake up at night. Oh my goodness, that's amazing! And she realized after a while it wasn't right, and you know she was like way too long, like way beyond. And she just realized, you know, but I was like two or something, like she said. Where oh. so I have to let her, you know. But she was, she realized she was sort of using that but. in the wrong way, so. Anyway, yeah. we've just been talking about it recently. So, Well, that's fabulous. And it seems like you were preparing yourself psychically for this moment. Yeah. Well, that's thank you very great. much. Well, thank you. I'm glad you overcame whatever resistance you had and you called in. Me too. Live. Great. Thank you for calling. And our last caller for the moment is Helen. And uh, we always love having Helen on the show. But we do have space for a couple more callers. Um, So please call in. And in the meantime, welcome to Inside Out, Helen. Hi. Um, Hi. Well, I've had a couple of insights listening to Anne. (laughs) So I'll give it a a whirl. I mean, 
I think oh, the by dumbest- the way, I can I share this, that the woman who wrote in about how she loves the podcast, she loves listening to the crew, you know, to James and to all the callers. She said they're getting like family to her. She's getting, because there's a lot of people who become like regulars who call into Inside Out, and she loves that. It feels very familiar. So if you feel like it's wrong for you to keep calling in, don't, because it, it creates a sense of familiarity uh, for the people who are listening. But also... Don't hesitate to join the crew. So, you know, pick up that phone and call us. Yes, Helen, take it away. I'm not going to stop calling in because I want my peace. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, love that. I think the dumbest thing I do is that I want my husband to love me and show me that he loves me constantly. Yes. And the way I go about that is to criticize everything he does. Yes, oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even know what the question is. What is dumb about that? <laughs> James, you would agree, wouldn't you? Oh, that, that's a big laugh. That's a that's big a laugh. winner. That's a winner. Okay, just a minute. I'm going to look into my crystal tree and look through well, my. Can I say one more cover. thing? Yes. I, I don't know if this is it, it or not, but when you were saying that there's something that isn't so dumb. Yes about everything, and I was thinking, I wonder what that could be, and I thought, well, if my father got his Ph.D. and left the family after he got, quote-unquote, successful and felt good about himself, I'm assuming. Oh, I think you fixed yourself. Pardon? (laughs) I think you just fixed yourself. And I was thinking that I have to keep my man down or he'll leave me. Absolutely. And I thought, that isn't so stupid after all. No, it isn't. So you should give yourself a hug and a pat on the back and say, that is brilliant. And how has that been working for you? Yeah, really, really painfully. Really, really well. Well, let me see if there isn't. I love that. I think that's really right on. And I'm going to stare off into my crystal okay. tree because I think there's just one more thing I have to share with you. And now that you've, fi- you've been in our divine presence, so you just fixed yourself. Uh, but let me see what else I can see. Okay, well, the question that, what, what, the image that came to mind is your husband. And it's like, why would he want that? Because he feels guilty? Yes. So th- this way, he, uh, you know, sometimes even it goes so far as he gets to act out because he knows he will be punished. <laughs> He's a good Catholic boy. <laughs> So, 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 so part penance. of it is, you know, he just feels guilty, but also it's a trap because it also allows him to actually feel like it's okay for him to do bad things because he knows you are going to get him later. Well, and you know what I just thought? What? I thought that it's also he has to do bad things and get punished so that he can do penance and not look like a wimp. Well, you're saying that by doing penance, he doesn't look like a wimp? No, I'm saying that being, you know, raised Italian Catholic in a family where the father was dominant completely, that he can't be loving and affectionate and, you know, sweet to me without looking like a wimp. But if he's doing it as penance... Oh, I see. Oh, that's great, too. That's really behavior, then he can do it. Yes, yes, and I, that's very true. And, but I just would like to go one step back to where we were because this, I bet, will apply to a lot of people. 
if you've been raised in a religious belief system that says you are or you are a sinner, there's just no way around it, you're going to sin anyway, it doesn't really stop you from committing these acts. What it does is it gives you a way of exonerating yourself at the end, which is you go into the confessional and you do whatever, and then you say five Hail Marys. Right. So it allows people who have that deeply ingrained belief system to continue to act out, never really have to confront that, and always know that they're okay with God because they will have their punishment. And the punishment is something pretty um, empty in a way because, you know, you're being annoyed or having to say five Hail Marys does not compare to the agony of actually having to change ourselves. So, if you realize that, then um, what the next time this comes up, notice how you have a tendency to fall for this uh, for both reasons, because of your own insecurities about the man getting well and leaving, but also, and I think even more so, you're pulled into it by the pattern that will allow your husband to continue doing the same behavior that you don't want. And then ask yourself, is this really what I want to do, or is this just too dumb? Okay. <sighs> well done. Thank you. Thank so, you. That was a really, really important piece. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, and I always love hearing from you. We do have one more caller. We are going to go to commercial break. Somebody did send me, an, uh, Christine sent me an email earlier saying she couldn't uh, make the first half of the radio show uh, you're welcome to call in uh, now if you're around because I'd love to answer your question live rather than take it from your email. And in the meantime, we're going to go to commercial break, but stick around. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is Beth. 
at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. Well, we have three dumb guys on hold here. So I think we probably have enough callers for today if everybody gets on. So our first caller is Erica from Escondido. Welcome, Erica, to Inside Out. Oh, thank you. Hello. Hello. I think the dumbest thing I do, and it's, <laughs> I have to admit it's habitual, I <laughs> expect other people to know what I need, what I want, without even opening my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and does that work? Oh, my God. No. No, okay. So we have, hmm, something. In the Mm -hmm. past, Beth, I think it's worked enough that Mm -hmm. there was a payoff. Mm. Okay, I got it. Hold on a sec, Erica. What I'm seeing is you, it didn't never really work very well, and that enabled you to be angry at a certain person. And who was that certain person that you got to be angry at the most? who did not know what you wanted or needed or give it to you? First person comes to mind is mom. Is your mom? No, this is, you know, that may be true, but this is not that child. It's from your adult life. Oh. Yeah. Well, then it would have been my husband. Yes, it would. Yes, indeed. He, I see him very clearly <laughs> in my radar screen here. And uh, so he did not know what you wanted or needed. No. No, and okay. I stayed disconnected from myself enough so that I never really had to face whether it was realistic, unrealistic. You mean if the things that you wanted were realistic or, or unrealistic? Yeah, or deserved them. You know, there was some kind of barrier that I put in okay. front of okay. want or able to know. Okay, hold on a sec. What did this get, what attitude were you able to adopt with your former husband based on the fact that he did not pick up on what you needed? Adopt about him. What was I? What was the attitude I, I formed Adopted about towards him? Yes. Him, okay. He, this is you knew. My my sense is you were aware of the fact that he wasn't picking up on the cues. You knew it, and you felt how. I don't know. We're getting close because I'm getting nauseous. Um, mm. Well, did it allow you to, to be annoyed with him, disgusted yes, with him, I, I alienated think I was angry from- with him, and I and I um, definitely angry with him. He should have known. He should have picked it up. Yes, yes. But I, I'm feeling uh, this is just my my sense, Erica, is that there was ed- an edge of disgust that went yeah. along with his anger. That was really important. Yeah, a way to push him away. Well, but I want you to connect to, can you connect to that you felt disgusted with him? Like, see, there's one thing to be angry 
Uh, and the other is to also feel disgusted, which is like, you know, he should know better. He, he can... Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, because one piece I was looking at before was that I just felt like I didn't deserve it. But I think I was hiding behind that feeling that I didn't deserve it, so I didn't have to actually ask him, tell him, and I could just pull off an attitude and separate from him instead of ever going towards him. Well, that's absolutely true, but I want to ask you, do, can you connect to feeling disgusted with him? Yeah, I, I can, and right. it's hard to admit. Yes, I know, but that's really, that's where the key to this whole puzzle is, Okay. So you could feel disgusted with him for being the kind of guy who was like off in his own head or his own world or his own desires or whatever it is and not be responsive and not even be sensitive. So you could feel disgusted. Now, here it is. Um, uh, I can only give you a couple more minutes because we have a few more callers. But what I would like to ask you is this and see if you can come up with it like, you know, just intuitively. What were you really disgusted with him about? that this was a good place to camouflage one disgust for another. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was so, another arena where you were really disgusted with him, but you didn't feel safe to be disgusted with him in that way. So you transferred it to this, which is something you could actually talk about or complain about or think about. If, if that's too much of a, a shock, re-listen to the podcast and uh, think about that. I will, because the uh, closest I can come up with is his self-centeredness. And um, I think there's more than that. There is. There is. So I've, we've, uh, I have to go for now. But t- take a look at that. Um, really, really, really get into that. And good luck with it. All right. Thanks. Elizabeth from San Diego. We have a couple of minutes. Welcome to Inside Out. Hello, Beth and James. Hello. Um, I've, missed, I've missed most of the show, uh, but I think one of the dumb things I've done or continue to do is not listen to the signs that I get, um, my intuition or signs that there's something else going on with the person I'm in relationship with, that of, of their behaviors that are red flags. Mm. Well, red flags for what? Red flags that you shouldn't be in a relationship with them or red flags that they're in trouble? Um... Well, in a marriage, probably that, uh, you know, I wasn't listening to what others were telling me that they saw him do and I didn't believe him. Uh, the most recent relationship that he was in trouble. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what are you actually ignoring? You're, you're ignoring the signs that someone else is in trouble. And why would you want to do that? Why would I want to do that? Yeah, why would you want to ignore the signs that they're in trouble? Because uh, I'm just going to answer this because I want to run. Okay, what is coming to me is if you see someone is in trouble, you have to make a conscious choice about whether or not you are going to help them. But if you don't recognize that they're in trouble, if you attribute whatever it is to something else, then you never have to face the question of, am I really willing to help this person? What do I have that could help them? Uh, do, do I want to help them? 
Very interesting. Yeah. So I think that it's not so dumb because that really, by ignoring all of those signs, you never have to ask any of those questions. And you can go <laughs> along just taking care of yourself and kind of being immature, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. You never have to really ask yourself, what's your role with this person and what do you have to do? Or what is really, how are you being guided to behave in this situation? So I hope that helped because I have to like rush on to the next call. Uh, All right. Well, thank you very much. More. I hope that helped. And please take that in because I think you yes. can do a lot with that. Yes. I'm going to listen to this again and uh, talk about it more. So thank you e- so much. Excellent. You're very right. welcome. And our mm-hmm. last caller is Christine uh, from San Diego. And she is the person who, who sent the email. And I said, uh, I, so I had to have her on the show. <laughs> Okay, take it away, Christine. Because my, I, I probably have one of the dumbest things that I do, which, as I mentioned, I, um, and I've done this a couple of times, and I can't believe it, but I'll sit down to work, and um, my optometrist said it would help my eyes feel less tired if I use, like, a really light reading glass, mm-hmm. glasses. Um, so usually I'll put those on as I sit in front of my computer to work. And for a couple of times what I've done instead is, I've reached in my purse and I've put on my sunglasses. <laughs> right. Now, you're not looking at the glasses that you're taking out of your purse. You're just putting them on your head. Yeah, they're very similar, but yeah. Well, I may even look at them. I don't know, but I just put them on and then I start working. And then, well, no, but I need, to, I need to ask you about that important moment. Oh, okay. Do the two pair of glasses look very, very similar? Well, except one of them is shaded, yes. Okay. So, you know what was the dumb thing you did? Not look at the glasses? No. Buy two pair of glasses that looked similar. Oh. <laughs> now, I bet when you take them out of your purse, it's hard for you to tell whether, the, because if it's the purse is dark, you may not even notice that one is shaded. So now, well, yes. Usually the sunglasses I keep in a case, and the other ones I just have in the side pocket. But so I must not have done that. So, yeah, I mean, was it in the, do you go into the case to get your sunglasses? I do. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you actually deliberately do this? Well, yeah, I keep, the, the sunglasses are nicer, the reading glasses are from, like, um, Target, you know? <laughs> um, and the sunglasses I have in a, it's like a clamshell case, and okay. I keep them there, and that's where I always know my sunglasses are. Uh- Okay, so now I'm going to ask you this question again. Yes. Are the two sets of glasses similar? I guess not if they're kept in different places. Well, they're not similar because what? Because they're, they're housed differently. They're in different cases, well, places. Is, is it just the case that's different, or is it the frame that's different, or is the glass different? Oh, I don't know. I think the frames are both kind of a tortoise shell-ish. Okay, so I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask you the same question. I know this is (laughs) going to seem really stupid. You're looking for something else. And I could give you something else and it would be very impressive. But I want to come to what is coming to me. Okay. Why did you buy two pair of glasses that looked so similar? I, I really don't know. I mean, because my glasses, glasses that I wear are also similar that I wear when I don't have my contacts in. Mm-hmm. So I actually have three pairs of glasses that look similar that are all for three different purposes. 
Right. Now, why would you do something like that? I don't know, because I look good in these glasses. I don't ah, know. Ah, you look good in these glasses, but are they functional? Yes, yes. They no, all fit me well, is too. Not, it is not functional for you to have three pair of glasses that look similar. Ah, uh. Well, because what happens is that when you go to reach for your glasses, you're not thinking about your glasses. You're thinking about the work that you have to do. I am. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're focused on something else. But instead of making it easy for yourself, for instance, only keep your computer glasses near your computer Mm -hmm. or have them be purple with yellow trim or or put a Band-Aid around them. So that it's very obvious what it is. You're making it very difficult for you to notice the difference when you're actually distracted. So you're very, very close. And we have like 30 seconds left. Christine, why do you want to have three pairs? You're getting very close. Why do you want to have three pair of glasses that look so similar that you could confuse them easily versus getting three different things for three different purposes? I must be setting myself up. <laughs> it certainly smells that way. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason. There's a reason. This is so juicy. I just hope that you can see this. Well, I feel like you, it's, you have it. Do you have it? I don't know that I, I know why well, you do that. It doesn't well, make sense. Well, uh, the only thing that comes to me is that you don't want to have to be different in these different situations. You don't want to have, let's say you, you've been listening to music and you're feeling like really cool and wonderful, and then you have to go to work and you need to put on a d- different pair of glasses. You don't want to put on those pair of glasses because you don't want to have to go to work. I like the inertia or the just kind of, I don't want to change my state. Exactly. You uh-huh. don't want to change your state. You want to stay in that same state and be able to function in a different way. And you can't do that because what you're looking for is a state that is comfortable for you rather than one that suits the purpose. Uh-huh. All right. Got it. go. Great question. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> many you. have that same situation. James, you're going to have to be on steroids, guy. Okay. Our next week. Yeah. Next week's Inside Out. Enter Mrs. God, an exclusive interview. Oh Folks, my God! Mrs. God herself is going to come. She's offered us an exclusive interview, and we grabbed the opportunity. And so, Mrs. God has not disclosed what she wants to discuss, but we are told that nothing was off limits. Mm-mm. And so, we're going on faith, uh-huh, that Mrs. God will be a very enlightening guest. Although, actually, we thought we heard the voice of what sounded like a complaining old Jewish woman in the background, but we won't let that dissuade us. <laughs> So if you have ever wanted to know what's going on in the private life of Mr. and Mrs. God, tune into this show and call in your questions. Might as well speak out loud. Mr. and Mrs. God will hear you anyway. Seriously, tune in, call in, and let's hear what the female side of God has to say. And after the show, join our post-show forum. Don't miss this show. It'll be a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, probably. And now, a final word from Beth. Well, I just can't wait for the show next week and if you think I have any idea of what's going to happen you are mistaken and you don't know inside out so (laughs) tune in with me and guys line up to call in because this may be the only opportunity you ever have to speak to Mrs. God unless she joins our show again and God only knows how this (laughs) okay love you all see you next week
Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Oh,